Good morning, church. How are we all doing this morning? Good. Well, I'm Jeremy. I'm one of the pastors here at the Power Place. And uh, if you don't know, if you're new with us this morning, the Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily. That means every single day, every minute of the day. Um, And so this morning, uh, I get the opportunity to come and uh, deliver the word to you this morning, uh, part of our Giant Slayers series. And this morning, we're going to be slaying, slaying, not talking about, but slaying the giant of pride. Uh, This, I'll just give you a kind of a insight into my my week, preparing and praying into this message. Uh, This is not a light thing. This is not a light message, a little feel-good message. Um, So please, if you have tickling ears, itching ears, you can just get rid of those right now. Um, But uh, let's pray, and then we'll get into this. Father, we thank you. We thank you this morning. Church, I encourage you just to lift up your own prayer language right now. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the honor that it is to be in your house, to be in your presence. Lord, we thank you for the access to your presence. We thank you for the access to the Son, Jesus. We thank you for the sacrifice, the life that he gave so that we could have the life that we have now. And Lord, I pray that this morning that your Holy Spirit would open up every single mind to understand, every single heart to receive. And God, I pray, Lord, that we would put aside every single thing that we may have thought correct or right walking in this building, Lord. We put it all aside and we say, Lord, we're here. We're open to learn. We're open to grow. We're open to mature in who you have called us to be, who you are commissioning us to be. So, Lord, we, we say, I, I pray that you would speak this morning to your people. And I pray, God, that your word, Lord, would change and transform our minds. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Well, let's start off by obviously just talking about giant, okay? As I'm, as I'm preparing for this morning, it was, it was so, so clear. You know, you, you think of giant, and I think of one particular story in the Bible, just one, okay, for me, and that's, that's Goliath, right? David took a stone, slayed the giant, right? Killed the giant. But I, as I'm like praying into this, I have here, a giant doesn't become a giant overnight, right? A giant doesn't just all of a sudden appear, hey, I'm like nine foot tall, right? I'm, you know, hundreds of pounds. No, it becomes a giant the more that you feed it. And But today, we're going to expose that deception of pride that the enemy is trying to get you to live by. If you're in here this morning, and maybe you've been a Christian for a day, maybe you've been a Christian for a week, or maybe you've been a Christian for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years, We've all, in one instance, have come into this, uh, this, this, I guess you would say, this meeting with pride, and maybe you haven't realized it. All right? Pride is a sin that is, it's often overlooked in our own lives, but it's easy to point it out in others. I'll be the first to say I've been, I've been the suspect of that. Right? I've been, you know, that person behind closed doors being like, man, that person, how, how dare, who do they think they are? Do you think whatever, Right? It's easy to point it out in others, but it's, it's, it's often overlooked in our own lives. Pride can appear in our lives in different ways. And so today, we're going to start by uh, just kind of exposing and peeling back this lie of, 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 uh, that the enemy and deception that the enemy is trying to get us to live by. Uh, first off, I want to talk about the pride of life. First John 2, 16, it says, For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, 
and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Now, I don't know about you, but we are called to be in the world, but not of the world. People in the world, and it's already quiet in here, I love it. People in the world, they live by the things of the world. They get their, they get their fulfillment from the things of the world. Not just like material things, but whether they know it or not, spiritual things. And uh, so this morning, I, I want to make it very clear, very clear, that in God's word, it makes it very clear that pride is something that God hates. And when dealing with it, you have to deal with it aggressively. I think sometimes we get into this, uh, you know, th- this, this mindset or this way of, of you know, going throughout our days. Well, you know, I'm a Christian, so I have to be gentle. I ha- I- I'm meek, right? I'm, I have to be meek, all right? I'm, I'm gentle. Yes, yes, that's absolutely a thing that we should be. But when it comes to uh, spiritual warfare, we're aggressive, okay? We're, we're, we fight. We're aggressive. Warfare is nothing that's, that's light. Warfare is nothing that is a, a, a thing to be taken lightly. We are aggressive when dealing with this. You have to rip it up by its roots. Proverbs 6, uh, 6 to 17, it says, the, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And again, that's Proverbs 6, uh, and you can read on the, the rest of the list, but haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that, sh- that shed innocent blood. And as I read that, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, haughty, what does is, what is haughty mean? I've heard that word so many times, but never really looked into the definition of it. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you like the Greek and the Hebrew and all that kind of stuff. I just want to give you the Webster's definition, uh, that the world goes by, right? Haughty is, is blatantly or disdainfully proud, having or showing an attitude of superiority and contempt for people or things perceived to be inferior. In simple terms, you think you're better than somebody. You look at somebody to the right or left of you. And you say, ah, I've got more experience than them. I've known the Lord more than them, longer than them, right? And this is the problem that, is, that, is, that we've, we've all faced. Whether you want to raise your hand and admit it or not, we've all been there. We've all been this, this we've all had this haughty look about us that, that, that you know, we, we've seen people, ah, well, you know, I can't believe he said that. Like, what is, what is that? It's, you look at people or things perceived to be inferior. And I don't know about you, but that is not having the eyes and the mind of Christ, seeing people as inferior to you. Christ himself came to this world, not, not seeing people as inferior to him, but instead he made himself equal. He made himself equal, equally man, equally God, though. So this morning... I, I want you guys to hear me this morning from the bottom of my heart. The pride keeps you. Pride keeps you from knowing the heart of God and having intimacy with him. And I feel in my spirit right now to pause because when it comes to knowing the heart of God as a church, and I'm not saying just this church, but as a church, as his people, sometimes I don't think we really understand what really truly breaks the heart of the father. And if you are on your phone or on the news at all, you, you've seen what happened in Israel yesterday. His people are under attack. 
And if that doesn't break your heart, just I encourage you to question yourself, Lord, how close am I to your heart? So if we could, I'm going to turn my microphone off for a second. We're going to do a little thing, things a little differently here. But I want us as a church to lift our voice, whether it's your prayer language or English language. I want you to lift up your voice and we're going to pray for the country of Israel. We're going to pray for his people, pray for mercy, pray for grace, pray for pray for peace over this land, pray for strength. Pray that they don't have eyes on what is happening, but they have eyes on their heavenly father. Come on, church. I encourage you to pray right now. God, we're here as your people this morning. We lift up our voices, your people, this morning with hearts broken, Lord, for your country, for your people in Israel. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, you are known as the intercessor. So, Lord, I pray that you would intercede on behalf of your people in Israel right now in Jesus' name. Lord, the violence that is taking place right now, the war that is breaking out. Lord, it's not just a physical war, God, it's spiritual. So, Lord, as your people that are in spirit, we fight spiritually for your people in Israel, Lord, right now. Lord, we pray for the peace of God, the peace of God that your word says surpasses all understanding. God, I pray that as your word says, it guards the hearts and the minds, Lord God. I pray that be the reality of your people in Israel right now. In Jesus' name, we say, enemy, go back to the pit of hell where you belong. Every single tactic, every single plan, go back to the pit of hell where you belong and where you should be. I pray in Jesus' name that you would bring freedom, you would bring liberation to this country. In Jesus' name, liberation to the people and the men that are, that are going to war. I pray that you would go before them, remind them, God, Lord, that you go before them, that they need only to be still, as you told Moses, that they need only to be still. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pride keeps you from knowing the heart of God and, and having intimacy with him. James 4, 6, it says, but he gives more grace. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And if you were here during Dream Team, uh, I, I love where Allie went this morning uh, with honor. Can we give it up for Allie real quick? We want to honor you. But I, I love where she went because, you know, she, she even quoted that verse and she said, like, how if, if pretty much if you do not humble yourself, the Lord will humble you. But we, we need to humble ourselves and look to those that are around us. And see the value of heaven inside of them. I didn't have this in my notes, but I've shared this with people on a personal level before. Uh, I, I, the date that my life truly started following after the heart of God was June 10th, 2017. 
Now, mind you, this was after I've already, I already went and completed a ministry school. And uh, I was a, a few years into my first full-time uh, position um, in ministry, and I, I was doing it all wrong. I was doing it completely wrong. I was doing it in the way that I thought was best. And so June 10th, 2017, a couple days prior, uh, you know, now this person does not like to be called um, my mentor, but I will call them my mentor because they still are uh, a mentor to me today. But they, they called me up and they said, hey, you know, Jeremy, I would love for you to come um, uh, to Philly. You know, we, could, we can hang out and stuff like that. And when I got there, they took me to a park in Philly. And it was just, you know, it was just the two of us. We sat on the park bench. And as we sat there, they said, all right, now, uh, I thought we were just going to, you know, sit there, maybe have some coffee, like just have a good time. And as we sat there, they said, okay, now look around. What do you see here? And I was like, well, I see, you know, uh, a mom and a son. I see some kids playing on the monkey bars. Oh, that kid just fell, hit his head. Now he's crying. Uh, I see, you know, a father swinging with his baby. And, and, and they were like, okay, yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely, yeah. So, okay, what do you see? I see, I said, well, I mean, I see people. And they said, well, do you, do you, do you love those people? I said, well, I mean, like, I don't really know them. I was like, well, they, they said to me, well, okay, you, yeah, you don't know them, but like, do you know the Lord? I was like, well, yeah, I know the Lord. Of course I know the Lord. And I got, I got a little bit, oh, I'd say I got a little bit prideful. I was like, well, how could you ask me if I know? Of course I know the Lord. I'm in ministry. I have the title of a pastor. Of course I know the Lord, right? Well, I'm a Christian. Of course I know the Lord. I was saved, um, like, you know, back in the day. Um, I was like, of, co- of course I know the Lord. And they asked me, well, well, how come you don't love those people then? And I was like, well, because I don't know them. And they said, well, because you don't really know the Lord then. Because if you know the Lord, you know that he loves people. You know that he loves people. You know that regardless of backgrounds, regardless of uh, current situations, he loves people. His heart is for people. His heart breaks for people. And uh, that moment, that was the start, June 10, 2017, that was the start of, I would say, a, a breaking in my life. And I will, I will tell you now, that was not the first and only time that I've dealt with pride. I want you guys to understand, every person that's on the stage on a given Sunday morning behind these instruments, we're not perfect in any way. I'm not a perfect person in any way. There, there's been so many prideful uh, 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 ways about me in, in, you know, in my life that I've had to have leaders correct. I've had to have, thank God for my wife. Thank God for, for people in your life that will call crap out, right? Amen? It's a little quiet in here. It's a little quiet in here. Like I said, this message is not something light, but I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it. Pride is saying, is you saying to the Lord, that your plan and your ways are better than his. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And I'll go back even a little bit further with this verse. I remember before I went to ministry school, I said, I actually asked the, the, the leader of this school, I said, hey, am I able to take 
uh, you know, classes online for, for, for music and for drums and stuff like that. Uh, in your program, though, like, I don't really, I don't really want to study the, like, I can read my Bible in the morning, you know, but I don't really want to study the Bible. I don't want to become a preacher. Uh, obviously, the Lord had his way, but um, I don't want to become a preacher. I just want to play drums professionally. Uh, sorry, for the Lord. Right, I'll add that on. I want to play drums professionally for the Lord. And he said, I will look into it. I tried every single way to put my plan and my will into place, even though I said, all right, I'm going to go to ministry school. And uh, if you could just imagine, even in that first year, the Lord kind of like just wrecked my life and said, well, that's not the plan I have for you. Here's the plan I have for you. And uh, you fast forward, and here we are. But here, here's what I was trying to do. I, without even like knowing it, I was trying to stay comfortable. Because if you don't realize, your pride will keep you comfortable. So if you're sitting here this morning, and maybe the Lord or the you know, Holy Spirit's been tugging at your heart for weeks or months or years on something that you've been called by the Lord to do, but you, you step back because you're like, that's uncomfortable to me. It's time today to get rid of your pride. It's time today to slay that giant of pride in your life. Because guess what? If, if the Lord is calling you to do something, that means that he wants to use your life as a vessel to transform the lives of people in this world. He wants to use you as a mouthpiece for him. Again, that's no light task. And that's why your pride will, take, will cause you to take a step back and say, I just want to be comfortable. Your pride will keep you comfortable. And I, again, I was not planning to say any of this, but I, I feel to just be so open and honest with you. I was talking with uh, Pastor Greg uh, the other week and just in the hallway during the, during the week. And, I, you know, we were, he was leading uh, uh, the Power Police Academy's corporate encounter. And I was like, how'd it go? And he was like, it was great. You know, he's like, I just don't understand. I don't see you, you have a special gift, right? And I told him, I said, well, I feel the same way when it comes to preaching on a Sunday morning. Okay, sometimes it's a big task, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. But especially during uh, preparing for this message, I felt myself being so convicted. And I said, Lord, thank you for stripping me of my pride. Thank you for taking me out of my comfortability and stripping me of my pride. Thank you, Lord. And I even, as I'm planning, planning and preparing for this message, I was sitting in the middle of Starbucks, which I don't have to go there, but uh, sitting in the middle of Starbucks, one of the most liberal places on the face of this world. Um, anyways, that's a sermon for another day. But I was sitting in the middle of Starbucks, and I'm literally, I'm, I'm reading the Word of God. I'm, I'm typing down, and I'm, I'm getting all this stuff downloaded from the Holy Spirit, and I just felt myself being so convicted because I'm like, Lord, who am I to preach this message? Who am I, Lord? Because you, you, you've taken me for, from so many dirty spots in my life, physically, emotionally, spiritually. You've taken me out of all of this uh, uh, muck and miry clay. Who am I? And even in that moment in the middle of Starbucks, I found myself like shedding tears. I probably looked like a crazy person, but I was like trying to hide behind my computer. I was like, Lord, please. And in that moment, I found myself calling some people this was literally this past week. I just want to let you guys know. I found myself calling some people and saying, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry for the way that I've been. I'm so sorry for the things that I've said in the past. For the way that I maybe haven't said sorry. I'm sorry. 
Please forgive me. I'll tell you, there is so much unforgiveness sometimes in us that we don't even realize it until the Holy Spirit exposes it. I forget who, who said it, but I, I was listening to a message recently, and they were talking about uh, this lid. Oh, it was Pastor's Day, actually, in staff meeting. <laughs> but <laughs> they were talking about this lid. Love you. They were talking about a lid that, in a, in a different circumstance, but talking about a lid that we've almost unknowingly placed on our lives. And I believe the Lord has this church specifically in a season where those lids are coming off. He's exposing the, the nastiness inside of us. Because when, when the Holy Spirit exposes it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Because when the Holy Spirit exposes it, it allows you the opportunity to humble yourself. Not to be humbled, but to humble yourself. Let me tell you, there are plenty of times in my life where I have been humbled. And it's not, a, it's not a beautiful thing. It's a very embarrassing thing. But when you humble yourself, when you ask for the spirit of humility to come upon you, and you say, the spirit of pride, leave my life in Jesus' name, it's a beautiful thing. Your pride will keep you comfortable. There are words and phrases that are lies from the enemy, self-assurance, self-confidence. And I want you guys to know this morning that, that these are no different from the term of self-righteousness. I think times we get into this, this, uh, this mixed up way of living our lives, like we, we live a certain like Christian way, and then when we get into our week, we start mixing it in with the things of the world, right? So you'll come in here on a Sunday morning and you say, oh, I'm not self-righteous. No, 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 that's, that's that, no, there's no, none righteous. No, not one. That's what the word of God says. But then when you wake up on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you might, you might say, hmm, I'm, I'm confident. I'm self-confident today. You, you might look at yourself in the mirror. Be, be self-assured. Be self-confident this morning. You're confident, right? But in no, in no, in no uh, way do you ever put the Holy Spirit as your assurance. Do you ever put the Holy Spirit as your confidence? We are so, as when we give, when we give our, our lives over to the Lord, he becomes our confidence. When we give our lives over to the Lord, he, we, are, we are rest assured in him. Our righteousness comes from him. It doesn't come from self. The pride in man causes him to want to take control over situations and outcomes. And the bottom line of pride is it's, it's just the need to be in control of something, in control of everything. I... Again, this is not in my notes, but thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing this to my memory. Listen, when you're, when you're married, okay, you'll see all the ugliness inside of you. Students, you'll get there someday. But when, when you become married in your day-to-day, -day, like, routines, you'll see, like, oh, like, I got some pride here, right? And, amen. And... One of the ways that, you know, with, with control and stuff, and it's something that I'm still working on, in, in the house sometimes, you know, the kitchen, like, I, I like things a certain way, right? Okay? Like, for me, for me, like, I'm not going to, like, expose anybody here. 
But for me, I'm like, I'm like, you know, ah, the, the dish is like right here's a sink. The dish is right here. Let's just put that there, right? Or, 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 or the dish is in there. That's great. Now it's not rinsed out. Okay, I've been, I've been, I've been a suspect of that. But, but, but I've, I've had to find myself, you know what? Okay, I just, I can just do it. Because why? I'm here to serve. No, no, I'm not on a stage. No, I'm, I don't have a microphone in front of my face. But I'm, I'm in my kitchen, in my house, and I'm here to serve. Husbands, take notes. I know I'm only married like two and a half years, but I'm learning a lot, okay? Thank you, thank you, Priscilla. Um, pride has no place in God's house, and his people, pride has no place in God's house and his people. If we truly desire to step into all that the Lord has for us and the next generation. If you desire complete freedom and breakthrough in your life, and as I just spoke of in your household, pride must be dealt with on a personal level. As I said in the beginning of this message, pride is so often overlooked in our own lives, right? We don't like to look in a mirror and, and you know, we don't like to find a zit on our face. It's ugly. You'd rather just be like, eh, like hopefully it just goes away, right? No, no, no. When you look into the mirror, you see all this stuff that's on your face, all right? The, the word of God is your mirror or should be your mirror. When you look into this uh, word every single, uh, every single day in your daily encounter, as you read it, it should be convicting you. It should be exposing stuff in you. The Holy Spirit brings this word to life. He's our helper to understand what this word says. And it, it doesn't just go from like our, our eyes to our mind and become knowledge. No, it should go from our eyes to our mind and then to our heart, and it should become action. As I said, if you desire complete freedom and breakthrough in your life and in your household, pride must be dealt with on a personal level. Pride causes your heart to harden, but abiding in him will produce humility. In those moments of of pride in my life where I've had to have people call it out or say, hey, you're kind of ugly today. Well, not you personally, or, but like your spirit is not, there's something off here. They've, it, it's because in my, in, my, in my daily encounter, I was missing something. And I had to go just a little deeper. I had to dig a little deeper because what I was doing last year doesn't work today, Right? Because the Lord is, he's, he's not just a, a God that sits back and says, all right, yeah, okay, cool, you're doing well. No, no, no. The Lord continually challenges us. He continually, you know, uh, wants to plant more stuff inside of our lives and see things grow, see things flourish, all right? But, but, but you can't do that. If you know anything about gardening, you can't do that with a hard ground, all right? You can't plant seeds on a hard, hard soil. It, it's... It's great when it just freshly rained because now the soil is, is soft. The soil is able to be dug up and stirred around a little bit. But pride causes your heart to harden, but abiding will produce humility. And God is looking for a house of people who will be committed to a life of prayer. And from that life, everything else will fall into place. Second Chronicles 7 
It says this, and you probably, you probably heard like this verse, just like just the verse itself, but I want to read the context around it. And lately, uh, lately we've, we've been hearing a lot of words and, and prophecy about uh, the rain that is coming to this house. And so as I read this, this scripture, I'm like, man, I'm like, God, there it is again. Second Chronicles 7, 12 to 18, it says this. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Now, wait a second. So you mean to tell me, PJ, Pastor Jeremy, you mean to tell me that when I pray, the Lord hears me? Yes, that's why he wants you to pray. That's why he wants you to seek his face. It says, I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people, and this is where we all heard this before, if my people who are called by my name, here it is, humble themselves and pray, not just live this attitude of humble or humility, but actually be humble, not just, not just put a mask of humility on, and then you're prideful for the rest of the week, but it, 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 it's a lifestyle. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to their prayer that is made in this place. As I'm reading this, I saw this sanctuary. As I'm reading this, I saw your faces. I, feel, I believe that the Lord is speaking this passage out of the Old Testament to this house today. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David, your father, walked, doing according to all that I have commanded you and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne as I have coveted it, coveted it with David, your father, saying, you shall not lack a man to rule Israel. I read that last part where, you know, it says, you shall not lack a man to rule Israel. And I, I just I really focused in on that. You shall not lack. God is a good father. He is a good father. And all a good father wants is just obedience, a willingness to serve, a willingness to say, Father, whatever your will is, that's what I'm doing. Whatever your will is, whatever it looks like, I don't need to know what it looks like, but just to know that you're calling me, that's all I want. Just to hear your voice every single day, that's all I want. And I, think, I think what happens with some of us in this place is you walk through your week, you, you, you come in here like this, Lord, I'm open, I'm listening, but you only got to 1130. Because then when 1131 hits and I'm out the door, my ears go like this. Ah, oh, God, I, it's too hard. I don't got time. Do you know my schedule? My boss, he's a stickler. 
I got to be to work. I got to be at work on time. It's like super early. There's no way. That's pride. Not, not even taking time to listen to the Father. Not even taking time to listen to what his will is, not just for your life, but for your day. Let's, talk, let, let's, let's even simplify it more if you're not getting it. Pride, we'll call that independence. Humility, we'll call that dependency. And like I said a couple moments ago, okay, the, the, the Israelites, right? It, it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing when you humble yourself and then you see the Lord's hand upon your life. It's a... It's an embarrassing thing when you have to be humbled. Okay, yes, the Lord's hand is upon your life, but, but he's, he's humbling you. A lot of embarrassing things are happening to you. It's a beautiful thing but when you humble yourself. The Israelites in the wilderness, okay, we, we talked about this last week in, in kids. We talked about, uh, funny enough, we, we started out talking about how uh, the Lord heard the groanings of his people if you remember that moment from last week's service, what a powerful moment last week. But the Lord heard the groanings of his people in slavery in Egypt. And so when the Lord hears the groanings of his people, the cry of his people, the Lord is faithful. It's, it's not just like part of like, you know, an emotion or it's, it, it's who he is. He is faithful. He is faithful. Okay. The Lord was faithful to deliver them, use a man named Moses to deliver them out of slavery in Egypt. But then when you get to, you know, furthering your word and you read about Israelites in the wilderness, well, were they always just, this is amazing. I love this. Thank you, Lord. No, no, no. What happened to their hearts? It began to harden. Oh, it's so hot in this place. Why do you got us out here? And so he started to humble them. He humbled them in the wilderness because they weren't humbling themselves. He, he made them dependent on him. They didn't choose it at first. They did not choose it, but he made them dependent on him. And I don't know about you, but as long as I have the free will every day of my life, Lord, I want to be dependent on you. Why? Because I've seen what happens when I choose independency and I choose my own way of living. It leads me down a path of destruction. Leads me down a path of destruction. Proverbs 16, 18 says, and Brandon, I don't have it back there, sorry. It said, pride. Now, we've all heard, we might have heard this before. How many of you heard pride comes before the fall? Right? You know that's actually misquoting that scripture? Because it says this, Proverbs 16, 18. This is ESV. Pride goes before destruction. And a haughty spirit, there's that word again, before a fall. But here's what happens. We've like kind of mushed it all together and we say, well, pride comes before a fall. Oh, when you fall, you know, you, you trip up and you fall down. Okay, you get back up again, right? No, no, no. Again, the word of God deals aggressively with pride as should you. It said pride goes before destruction. When you think about destruction, I see, I see Matt sitting out here. 
Okay? He's in the construction business, but I don't know about you, but sometimes like when you get to a construction site, sometimes you have to demo some things, right? You get a sledgehammer and it's fun. Anyways, when you destroy something, it's completely in shambles. It's demolished. It's dust. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, that alone, that should be enough to convict you saying, Lord, I don't want pride in my life. I don't want destruction in my life. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I mentioned about servanthood and pride is, is pushed back at the idea of servanthood. Everybody today, we want to be everything but a servant. I love how quiet it is in here. It's amazing. I love it. I love it. That means the Holy Spirit is working and that's all we desire. Every t- everyone today wants to be everything but a servant. Mark 10, 35 says this. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him and said to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in your glory. Oh man, what an amazing plan that sounds like, right? Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or or at my left is not mine to grant but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. And when the 10 heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called to them, uh, to, called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and the great ones and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man, and here it is, church, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, back on June 10, 2017, sitting at the the park bench in Philly, I did not really, I mean, I probably heard this scripture before, but I, I, I was like, it was nowhere in my mind. I was probably just like a blank slate. Uh, just blank look. What people? I don't know these people. Like how, right? But it says, for even the son of man came not to, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As I said, Jesus was made in the likeness of man. He took the form of a servant, gave up any rights he may have had. Here it is humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. A servant chooses to take no part in his rights, but instead he knows that his master's will is his will. 
Let me read that again. I don't think we got that. A servant chooses to choice to take no part in his rights, but instead he knows that his master's will is his will. But a prideful person cannot comprehend something like this. What I got to get, hold on. I built this business from the ground up. This is my business. Well, yes, we, we, we know it's your business. It, it, we see that in your tithes. But, but what I'm saying is, if you, if you give everything over to the Lord, you, you know that everything that you have is his. Everything, everything that you might call yours actually is his. Sometimes I think we, we make this mistake of like, and again, it, it's amazing I wish all of you could have like a little glimpse into like staff meeting and, and the week that we have around here because it's incredible. We don't just like, you know, twiddle our thumbs around here. It's, we like, Pastor Zay and Brittany, they, they lead us and they, they, they minister to us as pastors and it's incredible. And uh, it's funny because Pastor Zay had mentioned about crowns in staff meeting and I was like, Lord, you spoke that to me this morning. I think sometimes we take things, businesses, you know, our kids, our, 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 our jobs, our, our possessions, and we put the crown on those things. We're like, oh, look at that. It's so nice. It's so shiny and so pretty. But you don't realize when you put a crown on something, that's a very prideful act. Those things that you have, possessions, whatever your name is on, you are bought with a price. So those things now go back to the Lord. <laughs> They've been challenging us recently. I hope you guys don't mind me saying this. They've been challenged recently. If, if the Lord was to come to you today and say, hey, yeah, you have this title, but I'm going to put you somewhere else. How would that make you feel? And in a very quick moment, I was like, oh, well, I, you know, actually, no, that'd be fine. That'd be fine. Because I know I'm called to do his will. And wherever that is, whatever that looks like, it's going to be a beautiful place. Humility, humility is crucifixion of self. It's putting to death your accolades, desires, plans, and control. And if the worship team would like to come up, Philippians 3 says this. It says, for we are the circumcision who worship by the spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. There's that word again, confidence. We put no confidence in the flesh, no self-confidence. Though I myself, this is Paul speaking, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. See, Paul was, he was like, a, he was a G, all right? Paul was listing off all, look, this is all, these, my list of achievements right here, right? He said, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. 
Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Everybody say rubbish. I love that word. I counted, all, counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that, see, he doesn't want, what, he doesn't want self-righteousness, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. That is a dangerous thing to want. But can I tell you, that way leads to eternal life. It's not a cliche when you hear it in the church. Someday we're going to get to the gates of heaven and I just want to hear, you know, well done, my good and faithful. Oh, there it is. But I don't think some of us understand what that means. You want to understand it for two, two hours on a Sunday morning. But when you get through your week, you don't even realize you overlook all the prideful ways that, that you have about you. We have to be broken before the Lord. We have to say, Lord, I'm humbling myself now. I give over all these crowns that I've placed on things and people and possessions and businesses Lord, I lay it down at your feet because you are the king of my life. I am not the king of anything. You are the ruler of my life. You are the master. I am just your servant. I just want you, your heart, your presence. If I don't have your presence in my business, what am I doing? If I don't have your presence in my home, what am I doing? If I don't train my children to follow and hunger after your presence, what am I even doing? So if this is a lot for you this morning, awesome. <laughs> I thank God for leadership, people in my life, my wife, my family, people that will call stuff out in me. Because I never want to get to a place. Because I want you to understand, ministers, pastors, we're no, we're not above like this. Like just because we have a title of pastor doesn't mean like, oh, they don't deal with pride. They're pastors. Listen to me. <laughs> we're still human. I never want to get to a place in my life, in my marriage, in my ministry, where I think I can do it better than the Lord. I never want to say, not with my words, but with my actions. Ah, Lord, I got this. Thanks, though. No, I want to be found every single day. Lord, I'm here before you. My life is your vessel. Fill me with fresh oil. Fill me with an anointing more than yesterday. My life is yours. I just want to be found at the feet of Jesus. Let me give you some practical steps to slaying 
pride in our lives. When you hear the word slaying again, it's, an, it's not some like, ah, get out of here. Spirit of pride, go. Spirit of pride, leave my life. No, no, no. It's an action, not just a phrase. I think sometimes as a church, we get into this hype and say, ah, oh, spirit of pride, go. But we do no actions to cause that to happen. We can't just shout it. Spirit of pride, go. It's an action every single day, humbling ourselves before the Lord. Here's some practical steps to slaying pride in our lives. And this is, these are steps that we're going to take right here and right now. It's daily laying down our crowns and dying to self. Humility is crucifixion of self. It's living a life devoted to prayer and fasting. Oh, what? I got to do that. I only have to do that in January. No, no, no. No, no, no. Fasting should be a part of your week. Okay? Because you, you humble, you, you, again, you say, hey, king stomach, you're not my king. King body, you're not my king. I'm laying you down at the feet of Jesus. Another one, abiding in the Lord for the duration of your day, not just for a moment in your daily encounter with him. Your daily encounter with him is just the start of what the Lord wants to do in your life for the rest of the week. We've been challenged with this recently as a staff. How, how, Lord, how do you want to encounter me throughout my day? Not just for an hour in the morning or whatever. No, I, God, I want to encounter you throughout the day. How, how, how do you want me to encounter you? I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And lastly, having a servant's heart and mindset and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Here's what I want you guys to understand today. The quickest way to kill pride is through repentance. Was that too churchy for you guys? The quickest way to kill pride is through repentance. Repentance to God the Father first, and also married couple, couples in the room. Listen, when's the last time you said sorry to your spouse? When's the last time you, you, you owned up to the faults that you have in that house? Now, this isn't like a marriage like conference or anything like that, but like it's, it's something that God is working in every single one of us here. Students, when's the last time you said sorry for something you said or did wrong to your parents? It's not like a weakness to say, I'm sorry, forgive me. It's not a weakness to say, I'm sorry. And I think in the world, yeah, they see that as weakness. Oh, I can't be weak. I gotta be, I gotta have a tough exterior. I got tattoos, bro. Get out of here. Say, I'm sorry to someone, whether today, this, this week, and I guarantee you, it will change the dynamic of that relationship with that person. If you come humble yourself, hey, I'm sorry, I've done this and it was wrong. I said this in this way and it was wrong. But before all that, before we take time to do all that this week, again, the quickest way to kill pride is through repentance. We have to, as a church, we must operate out of the spirit of humility. And we have to, as a church this morning, repent, lay down our crowns at the feet of Jesus. 
Church, I'm going to start praying. I'm not going to tell you how to respond. I want the Holy Spirit to lead you. I, as, as I was praying through this past week, I, I just, I, I saw this room and I felt just to let you know, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you on how to respond right now in this moment. As the worship team plays this song, I want us to, I want you to actually, even if you have to physically do the motion, I want you to lay your crowns down. Think, think in your head, those crowns you placed on specific things in your lives, take them off of those things and give them to the Father this morning. We have to repent this morning. So as I pray, I want you to respond how you feel the Holy Spirit is is leading you to respond. Father, we thank you this morning. We come to you with humble hearts, God. We humble ourselves before you this morning. God, our lives are yours. With the life of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus, you paid for my life. So God, I ask for your forgiveness. I say, Lord, I'm sorry for any way that I've been prideful. I'm sorry for any way that I've thought better than what you could do. God, I'm sorry for any plan that I made outside of your will. God, I'm sorry. I come to you with full repentance this morning, Lord. God, you see your people in this, in this room. You see your church this morning. We pray for the spirit of humility to, to surround them. The spirit of humility to surround them. And God, we don't just say pride, go in Jesus' name, but God, we act on it. We act on it this morning. Pride, you have to leave. The spirit of pride has to go in Jesus' name. The devil no longer has a hold on his people in this church. We are going to humble ourselves, as your word says, and pray and turn to you, Lord. It's an action. It's an action, Lord. It's an action, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.